I, I don't mind being busy, but you know, I just like being busy doing my own stuff. So uh, something had to give and I felt like it was the right time to, to step off. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway Golf. Michael McEwen here. Thank you very much for tuning in. Absolutely packed show this week. Once again, loads and loads and loads of stuff we need to talk about. You heard him at the top of the show there, Rory McIlroy. Yep, interesting times for the bold Rory, no longer part of the PGA Tour policy board, but he has uh, made rather a lot of money this week without hitting a golf ball. We'll be coming to that a little bit later on. There's going to be some talk about, obviously, TGL, Bernd Wiesberger, Tiger Woods, obviously, and yes, well, we can't not mention John Ram, can we? He's been in the news a bit, has he not? Anyway, as I say, lots to talk about this week. So without any further ado, let's bring them in. Bunkered editor Bryce Ritchie, hello and welcome. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. We're sitting, it might sound different this podcast because we're not sitting in our Ponzi studio. We're sitting in the very, very Ponzi uh, boardroom at uh, DC Thompson's Glasgow headquarters and it's a lovely view. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. We don't usually get a view in the studio. Obviously, no windows. It's a quiet little soundproofed room, but it's getting worked on just now because we have some pretty cool plans. Oh, yes, year. we do. We're telling you nothing more about that just now. But yeah, the boardroom, not somewhere you generally want to be on a Friday. It's usually a, a portent of bad things to come. Yes. Such as clear your desk. You've not been doing your job properly, and here's why. Exactly. But at least when that's happening, you, you get can nice see over Glasgow. It's oh, like, the job opportunities <laughs> staring you in the face. Takes a bit of the sting out of it, doesn't yeah, it? That does, really. So you're well? I am well. I have no major updates in my life. Nothing. The back's good. The, back's grass, good. Is, the grass is probably grass ruined because it's November. grass is screwed, but there's nothing... Nothing hugely interesting going on. And one of these days we will do a podcast where we have bugger all to talk about. One day. One day? Not two day. I can't imagine what we'll do that day. Maybe we'll just talk about your round at Augusta. Oh, well, let's do that again, shall we? Something like that. But By the way, I didn't bring that up this time. I know, That was I did. two minutes, 14 in. So, yeah. I know, but it's, uh, my God, to work in the golf industry these days is a bit of a laugh, eh? <laughs> yes, to say the very least, as we're going to get into, because there is too much to speak about. This might be a long episode, but we'll see how we go. Associate Editor of Bunkered, Alex Perry. He is tuning in or phoning in from deepest, darkest Yorkshire. Hello, Alex, how are you doing? Hello. There's no way anyone's still listening. They've all turned off after that. We've, we've just have we really run out of like banter at the top of the yep. show. Well, let me We're ask so you this question, bad. Alex. It was Thanksgiving yesterday in the United States. Have mm-hmm. you ever tried any pumpkin pie? I have not. I can't think of anything yeah. I'd rather not put in my mouth. Really? If so, if it's like food hell for you, There's, pumpkin pie is right up there. It just doesn't. Nothing about you know at Halloween when I'm carving the pumpkin and the the smell. And the sliminess <laughs> of it all, there's yeah. nothing about that goes, do you know what, I want to cook this and put it in my mouth. Yeah, it's a good point, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Thanksgiving dinner is always quite confused. What me. is a Thanksgiving dinner? What's in it? So, I'm going to really upset our American listeners just now, but... Groundhog? I, <laughs> I gather it's basically your Christmas dinner, like what we would traditionally have, so a big turkey, but with some weird shit thrown in, so like candied yams. It was best I understand it, yams are kind of like a sweet potato. They boil it down, mash it up, and then put some sugar over the top of it and cover it with melted marshmallows. Of course Is they there do. Anything they won't put sugar uh-huh. on. Of course <laughs> they do. If you were to put that on a table and say, which country does this come from? <laughs> it would be America. 
It kind you, know of, what that, you know what this potato needs? Marshmallows. <laughs> ah, yes, that's right. Fucking hell. I, I gather they've also got like stuff, wrong with stuff that you'd expect, like stuffing, obviously, cranberry sauce, green bean casserole. Now, green beans I can understand, but a green bean casserole... It doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound ideal. Brussels sprouts, the usual stuff. Ultra fluffy mashed potatoes. They also have, I think... I'm right and saying they throw in stuff like macaroni and cheese. It's basically that sounds good. See when you get to the end of the year. Imagine your weekly shop was a yearly shop, mm-hmm. and you look in the larder and you're like, "What the fuck's left?" Oh, all right, we'll just use all of that just now because it's going out yeah, of date. Yeah. That's your Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. yeah. And then at like Christmas that. they don't have turkey, from what I believe. What do they have? No one's no one's burgers. burgers. 1989. Burgers and hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. They all go to Waffle House. What are you thankful for, Michael? What am I thankful for? Oh, that is a good question. In golf or in life? Life. In life. In this life. Isn't, we're not talking about golf just yet. This is the top of the show where we just get to know each other. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want the really boring answer? Like, I'm thankful for my, my wife and my daughter. No. That's not a boring answer. But she, I want a funny she answer. She listens to this bit. What am I thankful for? I am thankful for three musketeers bars. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's Keeping about the, it American. I like it. Yeah, it's about the only, it's about the only chocolate bar that actually makes any sense. It's light, it's fluffy, it's covered in nice chocolate. You can only get it in the states, and it reminds me of my childhood in a weird way because it's a bit like remember the old Milky Ways before they made them too milky in the middle, mm-hmm. and it was just that sort of center that you get in a Mars bar but without the caramel. That is what a Three Musketeers bar is. Yeah. But you get it in two different sections. I'm quite okay. thankful for whoever. Never heard that. of that. Never heard of that. What are you thankful for, Alex? Uh, this morning I'm thankful for my daughter's teacher. I don't know about you guys. In my <laughs> Sorry, day, what? <laughs> oh, your day, wife isn't listening. Or your girlfriend, I should say, isn't listening to this. When we were kids, our teachers looked like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and I know. Now yeah, they yeah. all look like, um, like supermodels. Like, what, Margot what Robbie. is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. What's I'm that hoping that in like primary three, we find out that my daughter's teacher is actually Miss Robbie. Like, yeah. Margot? Margot? Yeah. Doubtful. Yeah. So Alex has got a very creepy choice. Bryce, you're thankful for? Uh, I'm thankful for, I should say my wife. We're loving, all thankful loving for my our wife, lo- and, and she's a nice person, and we got on really, really well. So it means I don't need to have an affair, which is quite good. Um, <laughs> I'm thankful for not having to have have an affair. affair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but really, I'm thankful for Mother India. Mother India is a great shout. If Mother India didn't exist, I don't know what I would do for my curry. Mother India, for those who don't know, and listen, if you're a regular listener, of course you know what it is. But it's a uh, it's actually a little chain of restaurants, Indian restaurants in Glasgow. It is unbelievable, by the yeah. way. Proper food, like mm-hmm. proper curries. None of this just slop of a sauce and let's stick yeah. some chicken in. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, okay. I don't imagine any American sitting around the table yesterday said that. Do you know what that Joe Frazee needs, man? Some marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for the vets and for God. Anyway, let's talk <laughs> golf, shall we? Before we alienate our Minnesota fans. John Ram, let's start there. <laughs> John Ram has been touted for a move to live for well, ever since Live started, basically. World number three, is he just now? Or world number two? World number three, I think he is, and reigning Masters champion. And rumors have been intensifying this week that his move to live is closer than ever. And we kind of contributed to those rumors with our story. But it is, listen, there's gonna be people tuning in going, oh, we've heard these rumors before, that's just nonsense. Actually, I think you'll find on this occasion 
John Ram is closer to a move to live than he has been at any point in the past. Very important to say, this isn't a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. No. From what I've been told by people who are very close to live and know these things better than your average person on social media, they're telling me that, yeah, he is having talks with them, but some deal is a bit of a way off, but yet yeah, the talks are happening. So listen, we are not saying John Ram's going to live. We're saying that John Ram is very possibly going to live, which is a lot of things, Bryce. I mean, first and foremost, your thoughts when that story was starting to break and I was messaging you the other day saying, I think something's going well, on. It, it is, for those in the know, it's not a huge surprise, but it's, it's, a, it's a monumental shift for Liv that is a huge, it's enormous. But the one thing you can say about John Ram is he's, he is his own man. He's always He's always done things his way. He's made a fast, very, very fast start to his career. He's still pretty young. He How old is he? Twenty nine, something like that. Twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that. Um, so still very young, yeah. He, yeah, he's twenty nine. He's always said what he wants to say. He doesn't court a generic opinion. You know, he was the one that didn't um, have a huge dig at live. He didn't really have anything negative to say. He's pretty pretty firm in his opinions on PGA Tour. We all know the background with his coach and his friends and so on so there's a lot there's a lot that's sitting pointing that he, he could go but I think he, he, he'll he make that decision based on what he wants and I don't think he'll ever be pressured into making a decision from anyone else He's I, I like John Ram I think he's quite a clever he's quite assured like you'll never trip him up mm-hmm. very he, articulate as yeah he'll sit there and he, he knows he will bite back at you. He, he knows exactly what he wants to say. Reminds me of Tiger in that sense. Rory, I think Rory has sometimes backed himself into a corner and maybe had to backtrack and so on. Ram doesn't seem like that. That's no dig at McElroy. You know, Rory's quite honest and it's and he knows that and it's caught him in the hop a few times. Ram is a bit different. Fascinating. It, it would be a massive, massive coup for Liv if they could get him. Massive. Alex, do you think it will happen? I don't think I do. If you forget the money that's reportedly on offer, which we'll come to, like as Bryce says, Ram has stayed fairly neutral in this Liv PGA Tour fallout. He's been critical of Liv's format. He said he doesn't like the format. He doesn't like 54 holes, doesn't like the shotgun start. But one of the big things that came out of the news this week is that apparently he's saying to them, if I'm going to come to Liv, you're going to have to change that Mm -hmm. format. Now, that in itself is absolutely mental. This is something that Live Golf has built itself on, the whole 54-hole thing, the shotgun start thing. Can you imagine if one player came in and just changed that all? It's uh, For me, it suggests that John Rahm thinks he's bigger than that entire sports league, which is mm-hmm. astonishing, really. Uh, a sports league that has pumped billions into, well, not the game, but <laughs> into golfers, let's say, and so, so you know serving their own self aggrandizing like why it's really interesting why would they change all that for John Ron it's such a good point it's such a good point that's what Liv is based on however think about it this way if he got them to change that if they went back to 72 holes now whether they're doing the shotgun start and all that stuff if you went back to 72 hole stroke play golf which I know it is it's stroke play but if they went back to 72 hole standard what you expect of a tournament that like what's what's not to like that is, that's what I like. The reason I'm not a huge fan of Liv is that all the difference. There's that it too is, much of a difference. Too much yeah. of a difference. I, I can't, I just cannot hang with that. If they made that 72 hole stroke play, what is the difference? And that's the big fear. Take out 
what the governing body or the, the, the people that run Live are saying and think about what all the players have said in joining. Like the whole 54 hole shotgun thing, all of them have defended it. They're all going to look very silly if they then change it and go, oh, by the way, we're going to do 72 holes. To be fair, John Rahm. They, they, and I, I agree, they would look silly, but at the end of the day, they've they got, they've, they, they will not care. What they want is legitimacy. If they have to backtrack, they will. Look at the DP, look at PGA Tour, they've backtracked. The one thing that's different about Ram is that, yes, he is a he's the world number three. He is the Masters champion. He is going to win probably, and this is the thing, you can say, well, how many majors is he going to win? He'll probably win another four or five in the next, what, 10 years, maybe five, six years, something like that. He'll win multiple majors. That He's that good. But if it was an American going, is it a bigger deal? Imagine that was Jordan Spieth. Imagine that, like, or Justin Thomas. So, they are big American I know franchises of the PGA Tour. I know what you're saying. Ram isn't. He, he's not an American, but it's a bigger blow for the PGA Tour than it would be for the DP World Tour if he goes. Because John Ram, <laughs> this is why he and Sergio fell out early, early days, by the way, because Sergio made a comment about John Ram being more American than Spanish and Ram took exception to it right. and all that sort of stuff. Hatchet well and truly buried a long time ago, but I gather it did caused some problems at the uh -huh. 2018 Ryder Cup because they could have been paired together otherwise. But yeah, John Ram is about as American a Spaniard as you're ever going to find. Now, does he have that appeal to the American fans? I actually think that, yeah, he does. Maybe not in the same way that Jordan Spieth, he's one of our own, you know, and they'll tune in for that, but they'll tune in to watch John Ram. I have no doubt that there are American golfers who are tuning in en masse to see this guy. So if he goes... That is a massive blow to the PGA Tour, which I'm not saying it's a fatal blow, but what my they God, left? They, what? Can't, they can't take many more hits. They can't take many more hits. What are they left with? You know, they're left with Max Homer, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. They're left with TGL, essentially. Yeah, Colin Morikawa and Xander Schofley. I'm not putting Patrick Cantley in there, so there's, there's more. There's more in the tank, but the tank's running out of gas. Yeah. It's just another body shot that I think the PGA Tour, it's how many body shots can you take? I don't think they can take too many more. And listen, the other part of this is that perhaps the what we're hearing about Ram and these negotiations and whatnot, we have absolutely no idea what's in his head. Maybe he does want to go to live. Maybe he doesn't want to go to live. Maybe he wants to try and influence change and make things happen and expedite the change that since, January, since June the 6th has been moving incredibly slowly Maybe he just wants to try and influence that a little bit for his own betterment and his fellow players' own betterment. So this could be a leverage move. It could be a flex. We don't know what's in his head. Yeah. So, listen, I, I, th I think it's fascinating. There are a lot of reasons to... <laughs> I would say this, but there are a lot of reasons to believe that the, the rumours have a lot of substance to them. Not least the fact, as you say, that John Ram's college coach was Tim Mickelson, who's Phil's brother, Phil's caddy. He and Phil, John Ram and Phil, are very, very close. He and Sergio are very, very close. Listen, the other thing is, John Ram won the Masters in April. He's exempt for all the majors for a minimum of five years. So what's the world of golf going to look like five years from now? So that if you rewind five years, but in 2018, madness. no one saw this no coming. One, nobody saw this so coming. So a lot can happen, a lot can change. Remember he the, may as well get paid. Remember the very first time we sat and talked about Liv on the podcast, we could not <laughs> believe we were talking about it. Like, what the <laughs> hell are we discussing here? A new tour? Like, so, I'm sorry. No, these, no, that's not going to happen. These players are going to stop playing PGA Tour golf? Shut up. <laughs> no one's, nobody nobody realised that that could happen. Now it has so wait, it's a very good point. Where are we going to be in five years? We, we have no idea. No one has a clue. 
And I think it's all finger in the air. Yeah, I think my, that's the dice that Cam Smith rolled as well after winning yeah, the Open. You know, and, when, when you're exempt into the majors, the only events that you probably give that much of a toss about. Because uh, bear in mind, we think Bay Hill's a big deal. We think the Memorial's a big deal. But this is the point. You know, Those guys don't You know, that, that guy, that guy uh, UK golf guy, made a point. Uh, actually, I disagreed with his point on Twitter the other day saying, you know, how many PGA Tour events mean anything? Two or three? And I thought, that's a ridiculous comment. Are you telling me that the PGA Tour doesn't mean anything in golf? What is it? Like, that is just obscene. It's not the fact that it doesn't mean anything. It's the fact that people leaving are leaving for money. Mm -hmm. They are not leaving to play because the Adelaide Live Tournament is hugely prestigious. It's just an insult to the PGA Tour. Shorts aren't that big of a ground, but yeah, <laughs> they're not that much like, of a deal breaker, you, are they? You can't be that naive to, the, to, to, to think that money's not an influence here. Of course PGA is. Tour does mean something. It's just the fact that the people that leave, they're going for money. It's nothing to do with anything else. Growing the game? It's what? Not, no, it's not. It's just... And that's the thing is, uh, John Ram, as I've said before, would be turning his back on... Like, these these are great tournaments. They do have meaning. Now, there's the thing, because John Ram and Alex, you know this better than anyone. You've, you've spoken about this before. John Ram mm -hmm. is a noted historian of the game like he does make a, a point of tipping a cap to the past you know mm. he, he, seem, that, he seems to value that but then again does that really matter that much if the 600 million dollar figure that's been touted is accurate money talks yeah and money buy you a Ryder Cup spot though mm. that's the question I mean the, 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 they're going to have to change it aren't they if he goes we talked about this the other day when the news came out if he goes they have to change. There's no way they can have a Ryder Cup with all these guys not playing in it. You just cannot have that. The PGA Tour will be a vastly different tour. It won't be the players that, that will make the decisions. It will be the sponsors. Sponsors are going to turn around and go, where are all our star players? We've gone from having 25 of the top 30 players playing in a random PGA Tour event. Now we've got what appears to be six of that previous top 25 from five, three, four years ago. That's a massive difference. TV numbers, view, viewing figures, readership, everything. It affects everything. So sponsors will have a say in this. And I just can't believe that they would just dig their heels in and say, nope, we need to protect our tour. They're going to have to move forward. Yeah. yeah but exactly. the other thing is, like, I think the ball is in the PGA Tour's court. Live has to become a success. Live has to still be here in three, four years. Live has to make money. So they have to get, it's up to Live to get their team element franchise and that whole world of buying into a team, they have to get that off the ground and working successfully for it to still be here in five, ten years. As we know, Liver not here to just start a new tour. They are no, here exactly. to, it's They're an investment. They're here to make money. And at the moment, that is absolutely not happening. When you have someone like John Ram, though, the more big names you add, the more the TV networks simply have to start paying attention to you, the, the stronger your case is for mainstream television coverage. And then when you have that, you are absolutely on yeah, the train. Absolutely. When you, but to get that is extremely difficult. Hence, because there's another two players at the same John time. Ram, let's buy other players. And yeah. we, we know that other names have been, start, are starting to be linked. I should add, see the $600 million I've not been told that. Yeah. That's just a number that's been pushed around in social media. For the record, the conversations I've had about John Ram, that number has not come up. But not to say it's not true. Alex, other names are, are starting to be linked, but I, there's no real point necessarily in stoking the rumours without anything substantial, I think. But we have heard four or five other very, very big names. I think for me, the, the biggest thing is the schedule. Brooks Kepka, first and foremost, will be delighted that the schedule's finally out because he's been bumping his gums on social media about that. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a long joke, though, the way they've turned that into a bit of a, oh, is it? 
Brooks happy now, is he? All that sort of stuff. Ian Poulter releasing videos. Oh, Brooks should be delighted. Uh, well, but yeah, the schedule is out for next year. Alex, your, your first thoughts on the live schedule? Well, the immediate thing for us in the UK was that the Centurion is gone and they're going to JCB, which is a... Have you guys played it? Have you been to the JCB? No, I've no. never played it. It's maybe quite cool, though. It's an, Yeah, I've played it a couple of times. It's an, How do I put this? It's an astonishing place. You walk into this unbelievable clubhouse, which is just made entirely of glass. And, I mean, we're talking about a golf course that is in, entirely private, and on any given day, they will probably have two to eight people playing on it. <laughs> like, that is literally the amount of people they will have playing on it. And it's not even close to exaggerating. I think I would describe the golf course as a bit batshit. It's it's very... It's... <laughs> batshit. <laughs> it, it's true, though. Like, it's, it's mental. Like, some of the... You'll stand on some of the holes, and you'll go, like, I'm hitting it where... And then I don't know if you've seen it or pictures of it, but there is a, a that the seventeenth, which is that mental downhill par three to an island. Or, oh yeah, yeah, where the, sort of the bunker group. rolls into water. That, yeah. How and long is that? That's that's huge, is it not? And then there's JCBs and diggers everywhere, yeah. which is great. And uh, yeah, I, I think I joked about it on Twitter the other day, saying that it's going to be it's the week after the Open as well, so it's going to be great when Ram lifts the claret jug, and then two days later he's putting that claret jug in a bucket of a of a digger and driving around Utoxeter, <laughs> just <laughs> like Louis uh, Stazen. Exactly, exactly. Someone someone replied to me actually saying, "Has anyone done the John Deere Classic JCB live?" <laughs> Double, double, as, uh, the tractor slam. As, uh, the tractor slam. As someone, who, <laughs> as someone who grew up in a farming community, this is just absolute top, <laughs> top, top chat. I think is I, that look, is that look, as good as the chat gets in the farming community? Eh? It is. It is the young, the young from farmers' sheep, discos. Far from sheep jokes. About. It must be really bad. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Nay, yeah. wonder they're all bored. <laughs> Right, I think moving the, on. <laughs> the big thing is, is that professional golf in the men's and women's game, it seems now, but particularly men's, has got itself into an, an extraordinary mess. It's sort of really difficult to see any light at the end of the tunnel at the mm. moment, isn't it? We all thought the merger would bring uh, some sort of clarity. That's gone quiet. And now Saudi are back, apparently throwing players into bottomless pits of money. I mean, you're talking about 600 million there. I mean, how much has Ram won? What's his career earnings today? About 50 or 60? So Guts we're off. talking about... So let me put it this way. 600 million is more than the combined career earnings of the top eight on the PGA Tour money list. So bearing in mind the PGA Absolutely Tour has now ludicrous. dropped out the, the guys like Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson who've joined Liv. So it's more than, let me see if I can remember them all, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Vijay Singh, Jim Furyk, Matt Kutcher and... Jordan Spieth, I think it is. It's more than double of what golf is worth to Scotland every year. <laughs> every year. It's almost That's... three times what Bryce earns. Uh, I think if, like, I just That's not including his quick money. There. So, so John Rahm has earned 60 million in his career to date, and he's being offered 600 allegedly. So we're talking tenfold. So I'm sorry, but if, if, Saudi, guys, if Saudi Arabia come to me and offer to tenfold my salary, I'm probably going to go. You so, bastard. Where's the loyalty? Where's the loyalty? I'm sorry. 
What's the I'm what's sorry. the Arabic for bunkered? Well, don't even don't <laughs> even go there. I'm not even going to attempt. I but. think we'll just move on to the next point. <laughs> on the schedule, I do think it's worth pointing out. There's a couple of quite interesting dates. They're off to Vegas, February eighth to the tenth, where the, well, that is Super Bowl weekend. So the tournament is now going to finish on a Saturday. That particular it's the Super week. Bowl in Vegas. The, the Super Bowl is in Vegas at that at new Bowl. at that That's new big. stadium, the Allegiant Stadium. Uh, amazing! The I drove past that. Incredible! It's unreal. Looks yeah. like Fur Hill from the outside. Yeah, just like it. Just yeah. like it. The, that, that, that's what they, they modelled the based it on. on. Right, okay. Yeah. Unbelievable. The designers came over, walked around Glasgow, all the football stadiums we've got, and said, what's that shit one? <laughs> that's hey, the one for us. My father-in-law supports Partick Thistle. Someone has to. So, obviously, Super Bowl weekend has traditionally been a thing for the Phoenix Open. That's that same weekend. Interesting little clash going on there. The other one they're is going that, up against big PGA Tour events. Now, yeah, which they weren't doing before. That's exactly. That took the words out of my mouth. July twelfth to fourteenth, the Valderrama event is opposite the Scottish Open. Ooh. But it's. Ooh. I mean, I'm not saying it, it's a big move, but really, it's a more of a flex with a schedule this year than it was last year. Yeah. That way, I yeah. mean, Phoenix gets half a million people going to that event. They're they're not going to struggle. If they only get 450, it's not exactly a disaster. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So before we move on, very quickly then, one word answer from you both. Where will John Ram be playing next summer? Renaissance or Valderrama? Alex? Renaissance. Bryce? Renaissance. There we go. Ludwig Oberg. Obery. The notes just say, holy shit balls, he's good. And isn't he just? Last weekend, Ludwig Oberg won his first PGA Tour title. This guy is rather decent at golf, as it turns out. We all saw him at the Ryder Cup. He performed very well. He was very exciting. Uh, there was a lot of talk about whether or not he should have even been there, etc. He's obviously won on the DP World Tour, the Omega European Masters, all that sort of stuff. But this is a significant step up, is it not, to go and win on the PGA Tour. I, I was working this out at the weekend when I was watching him. So prior to the final round... Ludwig had played 49 rounds on the PGA Tour in 2023. Bearing in mind, this guy was at university on January the 1st and right through until June. But you could just never have seen this coming. When we did our preview, 2023 preview episode, Bryce, at the start of the year, we didn't even know who Ludwig Oberg was, far less have him as one of our predictions to do something. But yeah, so prior to Sunday, 49 rounds in the PGA Tour. He'd had more rounds in the 60s than in the 70s, 29 versus 20. His best score was 61. His worst score, and I think this is the most wild of all, his worst score, 73. His stroke average, 68.47, and he was a combined 131 under par. Then he goes out on Sunday, shoots a 9 under par round to win it. So that becomes 140 under par. His best score, will he match that with another 61. He went 61-61 over the weekend to win. His stroke average has jumped down to about 68.38. Alex Perry, is this guy the most exciting thing in golf since Tiger Woods? Not since Tiger Woods, but certainly of the last few years. I love everything about this kid. <laughs> I absolutely... I Just watching him is... You know, when he came off on Sunday and you just said that he shot 61-61, which is absolutely ludicrous. And he came off and they went, how are you feeling? He went, yeah, I'm really pissed off by that bogey, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine being that good. Absolutely. Did you see that video during the rounds the other day where the DP World Tour did a little clip with him 
Um, I think it was when he first turned yeah, pro. His, his and he said, goals. in three years, I want to be a DP World Tour winner, a PGA Tour winner, and play Ryder Cup and be world number one. He's done three of those in three months. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? Bryce, what, what do you think of, uh, of, of Ludwig? Because I'm not... I'm not doing the whole I told you so thing because that's not very nice. But you were a bit sceptical about him when all the Ryder Cup chat was kicking off as recently as... Of course August. it was. He's, he hadn't proved anything yet. You need to go out and win. My, I only have one reservation is that he's he's won events. He hasn't won a major he's tournament. He's not played in a major. Give him not a talking about chance. majors. I'm talking about a big tournament. He's won... Like the field he was, <laughs> the field he was playing in Omega, what and was was a good field. It wasn't a really great field, but he still had to go out and be the best, and he did. That wasn't exactly a huge, you know, the world wasn't tuning in to the RSM Classic. You know, it was a good field, wasn't a really really great field. Tell that to the WGR, they gave it more points than the DP World Tour Championship. Would you want to talk about that? Did it last week. Carry on. But he is, there's no doubt that he, everyone was waiting to, for him to have his stats. Let's see where he measures himself because, you know, you could look at the mega nerds that were following his amateur progress. They said nine months ago that his stats were better than most players in the top 30 on the PGA Tour. So you can amateur, you know, you can uh, analyse amateur player stats on, on online and work out how he compares against PG Tour events and he was better in a lot of categories now you can compare him against PG Tour players strokes gained totally is 10th strokes gained off the tee he is 2nd in scoring par 4s he's 1st birdie average he's par 1st scoring average he's 2nd sorry birdie average you say he's 1st birdie average he's 1st I mean that's extraordinary in and of itself driving off the tee 2nd total driving 1st driving distance 6th Approach, greens and regulation, he's third. Proximity, he's second. Around the green proximity, he's second. But the other thing I like about him, he's quite a good putter as well. Now, he's yeah. not he's not right up there, but he is a good putter. On Sunday, he was draining them from all over. Yeah. I mean, it was just, every time he looked at a putt, to be he had a fair feeling though, going this in. is where I'm going to, this is where I'm not being, you know, a negative, but, that's, but most people who win, that's what they do. We have been here before. I have been here before. I thought Morikawa was going to be the the guiding light. I thought Morikawa was going to be the new guy. I thought this guy is unbelievably good. When he won the Open, he was unbelievably good. He was strokes gained back then. T.T. Green, the best player in the world. right? Top 10 in driving accuracy and total driving, Morikawa. Strokes gained approach, the best in the world. Green's in regulation, fifth. He had two majors and some PGA Tour wins, that guy was unbelievably good. And I remember saying on the podcast, he's going to be world number one, and he will most likely stay there for a while. Since then, he's won once. It's not great, Morikawa stopped. Morikawa prevented me witnessing Jordan Spieth win the Open, so basically dead to me. (laughs) I I think you're actually being a bit harsh on on Oberg there, because he's seventh in putting. We're not talking about... He's not 207th. Yeah, yeah, there's only... (laughs) You know, seven, this this one is the one that surprises me. Putting from inside three feet first, 100%. Yeah, you might expect that. But there's only five other players that have got that record as well. Yeah. Which is astonishing in itself. And the one that I really like that you mentioned is, bear with me while I scroll, total driving first. You said that. Now, I've never really looked into this stat properly. And because you brought it up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. But it's calculated by adding a player's distance ranking with their accuracy ranking. So the lower the score, the better. So his 
So Oberg's case, he is six in distance and 27th in accuracy, making a total of 33. The player in second is on 62. Jeez, oh, that's wild. That is wild. Do you know what? I, I don't see an obvious weakness. I, I know that's... that's a f- it's very true, though. But there, there's no obvious weakness in this game. I mean, it's not like... To, to Alex's point, it's not like his putting is horrific, but it's been propped up by everything else, a bit like Scotty Scheffler. You know, I mean, Scotty Scheffler has a very obvious weakness. He's just able to be brilliant at everything else that mitigates that weakness. Yeah. Ludwig yeah. isn't... He hasn't got any other part of his game propping up any other part of his game. When, when, when Scheffler's putting is on, it's, it's hard... It's hard it, to beat It's him. hard to beat him. He's very... He's so good in every other aspect. You're right. O, Oberg doesn't really have any weakness that stares you in the face. Also, he's incredibly quick. Yeah. You know, he picks up the... Picks his club out the bag. He's ready to go. He dresses the ball. One look, gone. Yeah. You know, that is, that's refreshing in the game. And the other thing is, that will piss people off. That will piss his playing partners off. Mm-hmm. He's quick and he's ex- unbelievably good. That's a nasty combination for a lot of people on tour that disrupts the rhythm because the quick player just wants to go. And if you're playing well, it's your honour. Yeah, well, absolutely. Both right, ways, yeah. Surely. That works both ways though, doesn't it? The slow player disrupts the quick player. We saw that with Hovland and Cantley at the Masters, didn't we? With Hovland just bounding down the fairway. Yeah. If, Can- if Cantley prevents Oberg from winning the Masters in April, <laughs> can that guy be any more hated? And the other thing is, he, 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 <laughs> like, we don't all hate Cantley. Uh, some of us do. The other thing is that he's not... He, I know everyone would compare him to Tiger or compare him to Rory. He's not like them. He doesn't look that uber-focused with eyes down the line and he looks mean and I'm going to get you. He actually plays with a smile on his face. Looks mm. like a guy who's playing a medal at his club. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I mean, I watched him on Sunday. His driving was just unbelievably good. That's a cornerstone at any great player. I don't care what anyone says. You have to be able to drive the ball long and straight. And every time Shot Tracker was picking him up, or Pro Tracer, sorry, whatever it's called, it was just the same. Laser straight line. Every single time. When he goes he, offline, it tends to be in a par three when he had an iron in his hands. and it's, Even then, his miss isn't big. So he has this incredible dispersion across all facets of his game. What I think is incredible, 3,064th on the world rankings on January the 1st, 32nd on November the 20th. He has climbed the world rankings at a rate of 9.4 places per day this year. Almost 10 spots per day. That is unbelievable. Ludicrous. So, is the so, word. so what are you expecting? More. Because that's the thing. But you said they are about well, but he's not won a big event. I didn't that's, say that's, it. I didn't say it like that. Well, you know what I, I mean. didn't go. Well, he's not won a big event. <laughs> it's what you were thinking. Come on. You're oh, just no, you to don't play know ball. what I'm thinking. You're just. I, I can read you like a book. Richie. On you go then. What are you so, expecting? That's the next part, isn't it? It wasn't good enough when he'd won that DP World Tour event. He needed to win the PGA Tour. He's now won in the Tour. And it's like ah, it's not actually a big enough event. I think he will win a big event like a a Bay Hill next year. I'm not sure I would go so far as to say I think he's going to win a major. He's not played in one yet. And I see in some places he's, what, 18 to 1, 20 to 1 to win the Masters. I mean, it's very difficult to win the Masters <laughs> in their debut, Michael, you know? I mean, Why is that, please? Because people don't realise how hilly it is when they turn <laughs> What? <laughs> no, they just don't see it. On the TV, it's different. Who was the last player to win the Masters? I believe on their it debut? was Fuzzy Zeller. Um, yeah. 79. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, there you go. I mean, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, I, I, to be serious, I think he'll win something big on the PGA Tour. A big, 
if they want to call it an elevated event or designated event, signature, whatever the crap it's called, I think he'll win one of those. But I don't think he'll win a major next year. Wouldn't be surprised if he did, though. That's the other part. That was my next point. You wouldn't be surprised, would you? No. No. At all. But it is it's, a big ask. It's a different... When he's in there with Rory, Shoffley, Scheffler, Ram, and they're all fighting for a piece of that, that's a different ball game. With the greatest of respect to the guys he's playing on the DP World in the in the Omega event, it's a different field. It's deep. The pressure's different. It's a bigger stage. But he just looks as though he's very, very comfortable mm-hmm. with that. And to yeah. be fair, he's not really had a huge amount of opportunity yet. No. So he's, he's just gone to the Ryder Cup and beaten the world number one, nine and seven. I know, the World Cup, the Ryder Cup. We're sitting though. here going, oh, no, the Masters is out of his reach. <laughs> It should be out of his reach, I think, is the point. I know, but to be fair, it was a bit different. Scott Scheffler was in tears at the end of that, so it's a bit strange. People are calling Ludwig a generational talent. We keep seeing that pop up all the time in social media. Bryce, what is a generational talent? Define it. Define a generational talent? It's pretty obvious. It's the the best of best of the best that comes out of that generation. I don't, I don't he, so is clearly, he that? I would expect so. I, I would think so. But are we talking about Sweden or Europe? I think we're talking about golf, just generally. They're talking about him as a generational talent for the sport. No, because I would still put Tiger in our generation. Tiger's not done yet. Well, might be, but no. I mean, you, you, it's just ridiculous. You're talking about Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Come on. Alex, generational talent, how do you take it? Well, I think you sort of described it at the top of this bit about Oberg, didn't you, when you said to me, is he the most exciting talent since Tiger Woods? I don't think Tiger Woods is this generation. I think, golf for me, golf generations are much tighter and probably last only maybe 10 to 12 years. I think we've got the Tiger generation and then we move into... Maybe correct, yeah. So whose bracket is Oberg? Yeah, then, then like the Macroy. Well, he's, he's, I think he's in the next generation, isn't he? Like he's, he's the first of this new batch, isn't he? I, I think even you could have players like Hovland in the previous batch, but may, maybe Hovland is in this one as well. But yeah, I mean, you're be. talking about, you're talking about Ram being the most American Spaniard on the planet. I mean, this guy's the most American Swede on the planet. Who so, would you take to win more on the PGA Tour next year right now? Hovland or Oberg? Hovland. As, as in more events, I think I would take Hovland, yeah. What a player, though. And he's European. Nay luck, America. This yeah. guy is going to be around in the Ryder Cup for, yeah. for the next 20 years, quite possibly. Right. Something a little bit different for the two of you right now, gentlemen, before we go to the break. We usually like a quiz or whatever, but I thought, you know what, we're going to mix it up because you're both articulate men, you're opinionated men, you're informed men. So we're going to put that to the test. We're going to see how well you can, quote, defend the indefensible. So I should really give a hat tip to the guys at Radio 5 Live here. If you've ever listened to Fighting Talk on a Saturday morning, brilliant show, used to be hosted by Colin Murray, brilliant entertainment. And they had this segment. Basically, you get 30 seconds to put forward a case. Imagine you are the lawyer defending the point rather than the person. This is very simple, 30 seconds, no ums, no as. No dodging the question, no, but on the other side, you are making the case for this. You are defending it as if it is like a jury is in front of you. The other part is, I get to choose what you have to defend. So I've picked a couple of ones here, just knowing what you guys are like. So Alex, I'm going to come to you first, if that's all right. Wait until I get my timer. And you have to defend this point. Football shirts do have a place at golf clubs. 
and here is why. Alex, your time starts now. Because who gives a shit what people wear on the golf course? Most golf shirts look like football shirts these days anyway, so why does it matter? Why is it all right for old Keith to show up, play 18 holes, spend the afternoon in the clubhouse bar whinging about her indoors and discussing about how Nigel Farage actually seems all right on that jungle show, all while wearing a scuffed sweater he's worn since the 70s with more food stains on it than a kebab shop floor. But heaven forbid I walk in wearing a pristine 90 quid Man United top. How many seconds was that? Time up. Bang on, by the way. 30 seconds. Pretty compelling argument, I have to say. <laughs> I tried to make it sound like I wasn't Hard indoors. my page. <laughs> All right, yeah, not bad, not bad. I should add, at the end of this, I'll decide who has made the most compelling point. We might share it on social media as well and see what people think. Bryce, your point is this. I should really reset the timer, shouldn't I? Bryce, Patrick Reed is no villain. He's actually kind of a hero. Your time oh my God. starts now. Uh, he couldn't care less what you think. His lawyer might. He is a Masters <laughs> champion, multiple... PGA Tour winner. He's our traveller of the game and carries it around the world in the spirit of the great Greg Norman, who now he works for. He's a strict family man, loves his kids, hates his annoying parents. <laughs> he is the perfect villain, you know, Captain America, whatever you want to say, incredible ball striker. And to be honest, he's probably, he's probably the modern day Tiger Woods in Time. black pants and red tops oh. and is the next generation. Wow. I knew you guys would be good at that, to be fair. Yes, Tiger Woods. Oh, Wow. Alex, I, I do have to agree who gives a toss what people are wearing. And I think the point you made about Nigel Farage and people sitting, yeah, it's like, why should somebody who's wearing khaki and like big baggy pants get to lord it over everybody at a golf club? Bryce, Patrick Reed, uh, you know, issues with the family, well covered. But yeah, the next Tiger Woods, I'm sort of hesitating on. The one thing I'm going, yeah, I like that is because you're quite right. He's an international player. He's got global appeal. He's bringing he, he the game carries, around the world. He carries the Patrick Reed brand around the world. The other point there is... He was unbe unbeatable in college. Imagine how boring golf would be without him. Correct, he, he gives us a lot to talk about. There's a reason so, why Nike's wanting him. Oh, your, your, your 30 seconds were up ages. All right, okay, sorry. <laughs> so, football shirts, Patrick Reed. I... I do believe that a line should be drawn somewhere and if somebody showed up at my golf club wearing, let's say, an England kit from Euro 96 to remind me of Gary McAllister's miss at Wembley, thanks to Yuri Geller and his spoons, I would feel pretty miffed, I would feel pretty irked, pretty offended. So I cannot, I cannot allow just you any would, old football you shirt. You would feel offended I, I would, a guy I, oh, wearing you know what? a Offended's football strong strip. Word. I, I, someone wearing that football shirt would trigger me. It would bring Why? back horrible memories. Get a grip. So on well, that I point, I, I can't. Party. I can't the ball just moved. I can't, the ball moved. I can't just allow any football shirt there. And on that basis, Bryce, I have to give it to you. I'm actually Sorry, fighting Alex. Alex's case here. Bollocks to Patrick Reid. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine I showed up at Balfron wearing an orange Rangers kit. I'm Are you saying that wouldn't stir something inside it, you? Listen, there's a lot of Rangers fans at Balfron. It would not bother me. I am not bothered by football strips on golf courses. I genuinely don't care. I don't look at somebody and, and it pisses me off. Do you know what pisses me off? Old men on golf courses with, in the summertime, 
wearing shorts below their knee and big black socks and black, <laughs> black socks black socks and black shoes one of my pals turned up wearing shorts in the summertime wearing black socks and black shoes and you think what are you wearing it's, it's unacceptable one of your pals yeah to wear black socks but he's a young black guy. shoes I know but it's unacceptable look I would rather he turned up dressed head to toe as a Wolverhampton Wanderers <laughs> player and turn up dressed like that with Neves 7 on the back yeah He's lost some football shirts. It's jeans. Like why? I, I look. I, you play golf in jeans if you want to. I couldn't give a shit. But no one has ever been comfortable in yeah, a pair of jeans, especially doing a physical activity. Yes, it's true. And certainly when it rains. Apart as well. from darts, wet jeans. Darts isn't a sport. And on that bombshell, it's time to go to the break. Loads more to discuss on this week's episode of the Bunker Podcast. Do not go anywhere. Putting is not a popularity contest, but if it were, there'd be no contest. The number one putter on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, DP World Tour, and the number one putter at 50 consecutive majors is Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Welcome back. Part two of this week's Bunker podcast in association with Callaway, Michael, Bryce and Alex here. Bryce, I was looking at your Twitter or X feed earlier in the week. I couldn't help but notice you've played an alarmingly small yes. amount of golf this year. Yes. Care to elaborate? Uh, I believe it's 60 holes of 60. golf I've played this year. It's, it's embarrassing for the... someone who works for a golf magazine to uh, admit that they only played 60 holes, but I do have reason. Go for it. Kind of rained a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a shitty summer, hasn't it? Yeah. Me? I think we only had 50 it's, days. It's not a great reason, no, but it's a reason. It's a reason. Uh, no, I had back issues um, and it just put me off. Uh, I went to the range a few, t- quite mm-hmm. a few times. I hit a lot of golf balls and the times I did play, I actually struck it quite well. But I only played a couple of 12-hole games with my boy at Balfron and I played 36 holes on a golf weekend. That's it. So four times you went to a golf yeah. course to play golf? Yeah, but it's to, it is physical problems. I had quite serious back problems at the beginning of the year. I couldn't swing a golf You were club. sidelined? Sidelined, yeah. 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 Um, okay, so that uh, it's, uh, you, have you not played less? Yeah. yeah. I want to hear what Alex has played first. How many rounds have you played? Oh, well, I haven't worked it out, but it's definitely more than 60 holes. I genuinely just go and do nine or 12 after work same as what bryce is talking about there 18 is too many holes isn't it can we just make this a thing that golf is now becomes i don't know if we've talked about this before i'm sure we have but golf just needs to become a 12 hole sport that's the future of the Jesus, game that's don't tell greg game. norman that but i know that sean <laughs> sean apala the brand uh sean said um you guys uh, should just play golf every every couple of weeks go and nip out at two o'clock on a friday and go and play some golf somewhere i thought we do have actual jobs as well. Yeah. <laughs> if you add up all those hours, you're getting two magazines less a year. <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of work done here, Sean. So, no, we should should play more in the summer, but I, ju- I just... We're working during a- the summer as not well. Being well able that's what to. people forget. Yeah, well, you are. There's a lot going on in the summer. Summer's yeah. a busy time for people playing golf. Yeah. It's hard to actually play golf when you're writing about it. I've hit... <laughs> I've hit... I've played 51 holes of golf in 2023. Yeah. 51 enough. Holes. Move on. Next okay. subject. Let's get to what's the next on the podcast? And we all know we're 18. Oh, they couldn't resist, yeah, they couldn't, they? Yeah. couldn't resist. <laughs> TGI, 
TGL has been postponed. Don't uh, dwell too much on this. It's a bit weird, though, isn't it? Like the that facility that they've built in Florida, it didn't so much get blown down, it deflated. I mean, probably. It's like you and a Friday night after a couple of pints. Deflated. It's probably a really simplistic way of looking at this, but could they not just reinflate it? Why put it off until 2025? How long does that dome take to inflate? Why is it a pla- why is it like a why is it not a structure? Correct. Why is it a tent? Why is it like the RNA's media tent? <laughs> if the wind exactly goes up above forty six miles exactly per hour, it. you do feel for fear for your life. Hundred percent. Like the roof could take off and you're going with it. Yeah. One, one. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, that's going to happen one day. But yeah, on a serious point, TGL has been postponed because of the damage done to the dome in recent storms in the States. They've now pushed it back by a whole year. So it was due to launch in January. It now won't launch until January 2025. Which is a good thing because that's going to help me work out what the hell TGL is. (laughs) I've now got an extra 12, 13 months to actually read about and go, right, this is what it is. They had to go back a year because otherwise... This was discussions with ESPN, the broadcast provider, who said, well, you, if you go back a couple of months, say, then you're clashing with other sports. And I don't know what what sports in particular. My knowledge of the American sports season is uh, pretty limited. But yeah, it's all, uh, the best thing that's come out of this is all the mental conspiracy theories. My own one was that it was Greg Norman with just like a massive needle, just <laughs> pinging it in the side. <laughs> <laughs> it was Greg with a needle. That's, that's a fun game of Cluedo, that, isn't it? <laughs> Golf Cluedo, I like that. Yeah, it's all a bit strange, isn't it? But I, What other conspiracy I remember, theories I can't remember were there? if I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about TGL in more detail, but my big thing about it was they've got all these players, they've got all these teams. Have they actually got the setup? I didn't realise that this setup wasn't ready to go. As far as I was concerned, it was all there and done and ready to be played in, but... It seems to me, looking at the pictures that are coming out this week, that you know, a, a, you know deflated tents aside, you know, is the technology in place? Is that big screen in place? Mm. Is this tech-infused green we keep hearing about in place? It just oh, something seems a bit. It, that's what makes me go. Maybe something's a bit fishy here, but I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so <laughs> something might be wrong here. But I'm not a conspiracy theorist, right? Uh, Kirk okay. killed himself. It wasn't Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my word. Bryce, despite anything else, this is a bad look for TGL, is it not, to have to push back by a year when they've come out so strong and they've been unveiling teams and the team branding and so on. You say say so strong and team branding, I I, I don't know. I don't quite know what the hell. I mean, Colin Morikawa thinks it was more exciting than the Ryder Cup, but there we go. (laughs) I don't even know where to go. Listen, don't ask me anything. Just let's move on. I haven't got a clue about it. No, let me ask the question. Do you have any confidence (sighs) it will still happen? Because this is a massive blow to it, is it not? Is it a fatal blow is the question? Don't know. I'm pretty sure they could have got it underway. It's just a roof. I don't think anything else was really was really that destructed. I don't, I don't know. I mean, my, my, my next door neighbour's Wendy house flew into my garden a few weeks ago. I just put it back. Can they not just do that? It's <laughs> <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> it's just a roof. They've got loads of cash. Just build another one. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I don't I don't really I get what they're trying to do. It's meant to be this new getting young people into the game. Do something else. See on a Monday night, go and play in floodlit golf somewhere. That's what people like. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you know, top golf has been unbelievably huge in the game. And clearly they don't want to just give all the exposure to top golf, but maybe they should. Because maybe they should. top golf is a huge success in the States. 
the numbers it's bringing in of people who don't play golf are scary. So they clearly see something along those lines. But people want to see Tiger Woods play golf. Yeah, well, speaking of Tiger, he is, he hasn't played since April at the Masters, withdrew ahead of the final round on Sunday. And yet, despite that, Tiger Woods has made $12 million this week from the Player Impact Programme. He finished second to Rory, who got $15 million. John Ram got nine. I mean, it's not 600, but it's not <laughs> bad. Then you've got Jordan Spieth in fourth, Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas, Tommy Fleetwood, and Max Homer rounding out the top 10. It goes all the way down to the top 20. We've been here before, Bryce, at this time of year. We talk about the player impact programme and what a lot of rubbish it is. Has anything changed in your opinions this no, year? They gave Brian Harmon $2 million. Yeah, he was 20th. For, he was the last man in. Yeah. For the impact that he made across social media and other golf networks, the impact that he made, $2 million. I've seen Brian, Brian Harmon speak twice this year. That was in the Saturday night of the Open and the Sunday afternoon. He's really not been part of anything before that. So they gave him $2 million. You know what $2 million would do the LET? Like, genuinely, Such a good point. Massive. They are throwing money away and all because Phil Mickelson said they've got loads of money and they're just keeping it for their executives. So this is what they've said. Like, well, let's give the money to the players. Don't give it in pip. Make them earn it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a nonsense that Tiger Woods is getting that money. It is, a, it is the worst thing the PG Tour have done. I am I'm a big fan of the PG Tour. I think it's could be here all day, but I think this is wrong. Just don't think it's right from a from a business perspective. I think they're wasting money, and from a morals and outside looking in perspective, I think they've got it wrong as well. Optics are no, dreadful. Opt- optics are dreadful. Nobody thinks it's a good idea. Nobody. Yeah. It's massive, players it's massively tone deaf. And I accountants. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're talking about Brian Harmon there. Brian Harmon has won two million because everyone found out that he likes hunting and didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. And also because he was running away with the open and ruining it. So it was nothing to do with Brian Harmon. It was everyone else getting cross at him. So it's our fault. It's our fault that he made yeah. me being pissed off has earned him two million quid. That pisses me off even more. Do you know what you could do with that two million quid? Two million dollars, you can buy 2,000 crossbows. <laughs> the PGA Tour is actually responsible for innocent animal death. Careful now. Potentially. But allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Well, I don't know how yeah. innocent these animals are. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's obscene. They're, they're, they're giving away money for nothing. It's, it's always been obscene. It's never been anything you could stand behind and go, well, there's, there is actually a justifiable reason for it. Their justification is, we can't afford to lose the players. We need to look after them. And it's like, no, yeah. just find a better way to give them the money rather than make, this make nonsense. Make FedEx, FedEx bonus even bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's going up to 100 next year from 75. Ken Hale. All right, okay. Brutal. Play golf. Seriously, if you've got kids... Play golf. <laughs> Said it again. Play golf. Stop playing football. Mind you, you could be Hannah Maguire and make 1.4 million a month. But it's a big <laughs> ask to be as good as him. And who can be as good as Harry Maguire? Nobody. Just play golf. Nate Lashley actually made a really good point. Uh, veteran PGA Tour Pro. He's he's exposed a sort of us and them divide that Pip is creating. He said, how many golf fans actually know what the Pip on the PGA Tour is? 
We'd love to hear from golf or PGA fans who think this $100 million was spent well. There are 150 to 200 members of the PGA Tour and they just spent $100 million on 20 players. Seems a little ridiculous. He says, time for new leadership on the PGA Tour. This is an absolute kick in the face to the rest of the PGA Tour players. He's got a fair point, course, to be fair, yeah. because Nate Lashley could probably tweet all day, every day, and still not even touch the side to the pip, mm-hmm. which is ludicrous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Crazy times. Wiesberger, Bryce, I want to come to you on this because you've, I think more than anybody else in golf, you've spoken about Bern Wiesberger and used him as your example for the yeah, whole yeah, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on the fact that he has now left live and has returned to the DP World Tour going to be playing a full schedule in Europe next yeah, year. Yeah, I think, think? think that's really good. I think it's refreshing. I think it's a great thing for the DP world. He is a great player. You know, uh, we've had dealings with him in years gone by. He's a top guy. I really like him. I think he's got a lot to say. He's got a good game. His game's falling apart when he's going to live, probably because he's not playing for himself. He's playing for cash, which is a, a changes your mindset. Mm. But my when when he when he said he was going, that was my big shock because he is he is the one guy that is saying goodbye to playing big events. He has played the Masters on multiple occasions. He's played big events, so he was kissing goodbye to that. He was kissing goodbye to PGA Tour. He was kissing goodbye to his World Golf ranking just to play live. So. Make no bones. It take it takes balls for him to come back. Even though I believe he's he's not been picked for his team. Is that is that the case? That he's basically been relegated from his own. Yeah, he team? finished outside what, of was the team fire nuts or something like that. <laughs> cleeks, I think. Clack balls or something. Like that. Mark, okay. Martin Keimer's cleeks, to okay. be precise. Yeah, he finished outside the guaranteed spots to stay on yeah. next year. So, so he, he went into what's called free agency, yeah. and he's decided actually rather than do that, I'd just like to go back. So to he, uh, he he he's he's interesting for Liv because he is not Phil Mickelson. He's not got six majors in a bank, five majors in a bank, two majors in a bank. He's not got a world's top twenty status. He was inside the world's top fifty. He's won multiple events. He's a well-respected player. And he just decided to walk away all, from all of that to go and try something new. He might have gone for money. He might have gone for something else. I don't think it would have been something else. I think it would have been money. So he's come back. It's interesting. And I think that he will probably have a serious fight in his hands to keep his card mm-hmm. because he's not played great golf. And as you know, the standard in the DP World Tour is much better than the TV audiences or the crowds that are out there. The standard is pretty high. Mm-hmm. So he's going to struggle. I mean, I have no idea what his world ranking is now. No idea what it is, but it's going to be sky high. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, interesting precedent this is set, I think, in terms of players who might be, well, other Bernd Wiesbergers basically on live, those guys who are not pulling up trees, shall we say. So could he be the first of many? And secondly, is this a blow to live or just a big old nothing burger? Nothing Wiesberger. A nothing Wiesberger, um, Nice. He's 510th in yeah. the world. I've just 510th, yeah. Well, I think the intriguing thing here is that Wiesberger never actually gave up his DB, DP World Tour membership the way the other guys did. And he certainly didn't kick up a big stink about it the way the others did. It feels to me like the Westwoods and the Porters of the world have, have burnt their bridges and Wiesberger didn't do that. I'm not going to do it. Did he pay his fines? You'll need to in order to go back yeah. and play. If he hasn't he, already. Yeah. So Sorry, he, Alex. So he has he has paid his fines. So he can go back and join. I don't really know yet. I, I think it's I mean, first of all, Martin Keimer, didn't he get relegated but 
survived because he's a captain, or he was certainly very close to to yeah. Martin, being relegated. Martin Kainmar, so, if, he had, if he wasn't a captain, would have been in the the bottom four and would have been relegated. But because he's a captain, he's protected. So to have the gall to then kick one of his team out, <laughs> who did get relegated, is absolutely astonishing. Really, is it a blow for Liv? Of course, it's not. It's, it's burnt Beesberg, and no disrespect to him, but he's not a Mickelson or a Cam Smith. So I, I think it's good for the for the DP World Tour. They've got a, a good player back. They've got a, a DP World Tour stalwart, so to speak. And he seems like a decent bloke, doesn't he? Like this, he's one yeah. of the guys who, like Bryce has absolutely nailed nailed it there. Like he's he went there to try something new, to make a little bit of money. He's not one of these guys who, when the live thing was happening and all these players were going and we were all going, how much money do you guys need? Like, you've got enough money. You don't need to go and do this. The Brooks Kepkers and the DJs of the world. DJ's got more money than him and his the next five generations of his family will ever need to spend. <laughs> so it, it was different. But Bernd Wiesberger, while independently wealthy from his DP World Tour career, isn't in that kind of boat. So when someone hangs that carrot in front of you, it's understandable that, that the Wiesbergers of the world would go and do that. Now he's back. He clearly likes the DP World Tour. And I don't, I don't think it sets a precedent. He, as I just said, he, he didn't resign his membership. He's paid his fines and now he's back. So wh- where's the issue? Yeah, I don't think there is an issue, is there? It's, uh, uh, some people will probably claim this as a, a huge victory for the DP World Tour. I don't think it's massive. It, yes, it's, it's Bernd Wiesberger. I just Where don't it, think it's a thing, is it? It's, it's just not. Like a... nah, it's, it's a guy who had nowhere else to play going and playing somewhere and taking advantage of that. Yeah. What I think is going to be interesting is... If he finishes in the top 10 of the PGA Tour card places this year, this coming year on the race to Dubai, and is seemingly eligible to go and play in the PGA Tour, will the PGA Tour let him? Because everyone who joined Liv is seemingly, I think I'm right in saying, banned indefinitely. Now, I don't know if that just extends only to people who were members of the PGA Tour at the time or not. Probably will depend on what happens with John Ram. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if they've got these signature events and there's no star names to play in them, they're going to have an issue. But imagine you, imagine you're a, a big company chief in America, and you've got twenty million a year, five ten million a year, something like that, to throw into a PGA Tour event. You're going to have some questions at the table. What are you guaranteeing me? Absolutely. What am I getting? What What's in it for me? That's what's what sponsors, what sponsors are like, and they've lost a couple of sponsors because those sponsors are feeling a little bit left out because they're like tier neglected. two, tier three. Mm. But, oh, wait a minute, we're investing a lot of money here and we're not feeling like we're getting the payback. I think that will depend. But I would I would be surprised if the PGA Tour can continue to knock back players. It's not in their interests to keep saying no to people to play in a tour that they're trying to keep sponsors happy. Yeah, good point. Quickly on Tiger Woods, he is, this is old news now, he's coming back at the Hero World Challenge. He's also announced this week he's going to play PNC with Charlie for the fourth time, I think it I'm right in saying, Alex, what should we be looking out for with with Tiger in this latest comeback, these two events before Christmas? Is there anything beyond the can he actually walk that we should be keeping a close <laughs> eye on? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, that how he walks is going to get analysed beyond belief in that in that comeback at the Hero World Challenge. But it's it's just going to be a case of rustiness, really, isn't it? Like, how good is his game? when stacked up in a competitive element and that'll be more interesting at the hero world challenge i know it's a bit of a hit and giggle in the bahamas but it is still a a quote-unquote proper event the Mm. pnc obviously is a bit more funny playing with charlie i think charlie carried him last year didn't he literally and literally (laughs) yeah so 
um, yeah, just interested to see how he stacks up and whether or not, like, you know, look, we, we said this, we've said this on several podcasts this year. We saw him at the Masters. The guy could barely walk down the hill. So how is mm. he going to deal with that? How is his fitness looking? It's just, it's, it is great, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about the, the pip there and it's just it's just nice to have him back in the game like we all want tiger woods back playing we don't want him under the knife we don't want him sitting out we don't want to see videos of him struggling to walk down some steps like we just we want him back in the game we want him fit and we want him playing even if it's just i don't know the majors plus three or four other events a year mm-hmm. just happy to have him back bryce Lou Stagner, the who's a very prominent guy on golf twitter knows his data inside and out. He says that he thinks, <laughs> I don't know if his tongue was in his cheek when he wrote this, but he says that Tiger will win a major next year. Will he or won't he? Has he got any stats to back that up? <laughs> Seriously doubt it. What a load of nonsense. Uh, let's just calm down, mate. I do think Lou's changed a wee bit and he's kind of getting quite mouthy. That was one of the mouthy comments that was genuinely was a lot of shite. <laughs> Tiger Woods is not going to win a major next year. Tiger Woods will be lucky to play, play four majors yeah. next year. There's a very big difference from being Tiger Woods and having the historic background that he's got and having all the mo- moving the needle stuff to lasting four rounds against the best players in the world who are going to be at their peak. Yeah. And then Tiger, who's nearly had his leg chopped off, can't walk, hasn't played competitive golf for a long, long time, hasn't played consistent competitive golf for a long, long time, hasn't played consistently well at competitive golf for a long, long time. He looks unfit to me and he looks far weaker than he did. Mm-hmm. His swing has changed. The way he moves through the ball through impact has changed. There's not a chance in hell he's winning a major next year. So the major venues in 2024, not that anyone should necessarily need reminded, but I guess Augusta National clearly masters. Valhalla for the PGA, Pinehurst for the US Open and Royal Troon for the Open. Is there anything in there that he should take any confidence from well, Augusta Troon's nice and flat yeah Augusta clearly because he knows it better than anyone else but, but my thing is that we, we saw him play earlier this year was it earlier this year? the, the Genesis Genesis Masters, yeah, yeah. yeah is that the one in LA? with the tampon yeah. sorry? with the tampon gag that went oh yeah 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 oh thanks for that Michael uh, amazing to think that was this and he, year and he hit some yeah it seems like a lifetime ago mm. he hit some good shots but eventually he just fritters away shots yeah and that's, that's like other players on tour. You know, it's not like Tiger. So it's a huge ask. It's just Augusta. Yeah, if there's one course where he's maybe going to hang with them for two, three rounds, it will probably be Augusta. But he's going to tire. He doesn't look, he looks very, his calves look very thin. So he's he's a strong workout guy. You know, We know he does a lot of squats. We know he's done a lot of running. Not doing a lot of that. You know, it looks like he's lost weight in his bottom half, which means he is not working out like he used to. So that's where your that's where your power comes from in a guy like that. So I just don't see, I absolutely don't see it. And every you. single time he's made a comeback, he's gone on like he, we've had this before, where he's perhaps gone a year, uh, 14, 18 months without playing, and then he returns at the Masters and finishes tied fourth. That seems to be his. Uh, if he's not winning the Masters, he always seems to finish tied fourth, doesn't he? And it's always after a comeback. But you've hit the nail on the head there. Everyone seems to be forgetting he almost lost a leg in a car accident. You just don't come back from that and win majors. I, it would be the biggest story in not only golf, but sport, if Tiger Woods was to, to win another major. I would love it to happen. It won't. Still hasn't missed a cut at Augusta as a professional. That's the thing that's on the Astonishing line this year. Really, Never mind the win. 
I'm interested to see if he can maintain that streak at Augusta, if he's even fit enough to peg it up. Just looked quickly at his, his results at Royal Troon in the Open. Tied 24th in 1997. Then in 2004, when Todd Hamilton won, he was tied 9th. And more recently, 2016, he didn't play. So, hmm... I'm not seeing much. I'm not seeing much to back up Lou's opinion there, but it's Tiger Woods. I should probably never write him off. Podder of merit, gentlemen. Last week, the DP World Tour Championship. Bryce, you went with Matt Fitzpatrick, the Dubai's or Jumaira Golf Estate specialist, finishing the tie for 27th. Alex, you went with John Ram. <laughs> Come well, back I wanted to, this to just get him before he disappears off to live. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Tied fifth for John Ram, which put the pressure on me with Adrian Moronk, who finished in a tie for 32nd. Cheers, Adrian. That's, that's how to prove Donald wrong. Interestingly, Alex, you had chosen John Ram before during this particular oh, season. No. However, you chose him for the Ryder Cup as the player to be the top point scorer. Oh, right. And exceptions can be made. So, Alex, two points for you. Bryce, one point for you. Another nada for yours truly. So, as it stands, Bryce, you are on 10 points. Alex, you are on eight. And I'm on three. So, a little bit tighter at the top, but not much happening with me at the bottom. So, that sucks. Now, it's Friday morning as we record this. The Australian Open has already reached the cut. The Joburg Open, I think, is almost there. So, we're going to put Podder of Merit on hiatus for a week. No point in trying to predict a winner when the tournament's oh. already 36 holes deep. I was going to have Minwoo Lee. Yeah, I was going to have him. I was going to have him first. <laughs> I won. I won last week. Oh, Alex would have had the honour. Whatever. <laughs> so, yes, Podder of Merit not going particularly well for me. Bryce, you're five points from glory. Thank you. So you're aware. I know. Like, closing in on it. So, right, we'll finish up with Honesty Box. This is about Mr. Jimmy Bullard, former Fulham, Hull, Wigan... Did he ever play for England, Alex? I don't think so. No. No. More recently seen on Soccer Certainly AM. Not a senior level. No. More recently seen on Soccer AM before that was shut down at the end of last season. I kind of miss it, if I'm honest. I enjoyed Soccer AM, thought it was good. But Jimmy Bullard, <laughs> he's getting into his golf and his retirement in a very big way. I gather he plays off scratch, so clearly spending his time wisely. But he is no longer allowed to play, apparently, at Sunningdale Golf Club because he was made persona non grata after what can only be described as a beer bottle stunt. Did he not put his ball on top of a beer bottle, hit a tee shot, a bit like John Daly's been doing for years without any punishment, and filmed it. The club took a very dim view of it and said, Out! What, have you ever been to Sunningdale? Yep. What's it like? Magnificent. Yeah. Are we talking about the golf courses and the... Oh, a bit of both. Like the, what's like, when you walk in the clubhouse, what's it like? So the first time I was there for was for a press event with Tom Watson and Rolex ahead of either the Senior Open or the Open, I can't remember, many moons ago. So it was a bit different because I was there with peers and there were you know, thousands of people there. The second time I went, I went with a friend and we played both courses. Friend. And it's, it's, but again, it's, just, it's one of those places where, a bit like JCB Club... There's just no one there. Like, there's more staff than there are other people because, yeah. you know, obviously it costs hundreds and hundreds and thousands of pounds to be a member at these places. So when it's quiet, it's very quiet. Um, I the Sunningdale is it's one of those places where you're just driving up the lane and you just you know you're going into somewhere special. It's a bit like that. It's mm. on that sort of 
Is yeah. it Surrey? It's Surrey. Yeah. Stop broker belt. Yeah, kind of reminds yeah, me of like when, belt, when we went yeah. to Trin. We, we played Royal Trin a couple of years ago, and we thought this is going to be hello. Come on in. <laughs> Put your jacket on. Yeah. Where's your tie? Bloody hell! Why your shoes are not clean? Show me a swing. All that stuff. But there wasn't. It was just Trin, friendly. Trin is very laid back, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. From, from the open course. Super. But you could not be friendlier. The opposite. Now I wouldn't say which club, and I wouldn't say what you were doing, but you did go to a club not a million miles away from where we're sitting just now, a few years ago now, and you went in with a, you were smartly dressed, shirt, I'm not sure if you had a tie on, smart trousers, yes. smart shoes, and you were basically bollocked and told to put a jacket on. Yeah, I needed a jacket, and I didn't have a jacket, and I have had actually quite a few bad experiences with that club, to be honest. But I, I, they need, it was a waitress that noticed I wasn't wearing a jacket at lunch, and there was only other two other people in the entire dining room so Big dining them, room? Yeah, reasonably. Yeah. One of them had complained. About you? Yeah. So they made me wear... Uh, no, I think I had a jumper on at the time as well. So they made me go and get a jacket, and I didn't have a jacket. So somebody went to the pro shop to get a jacket from the pro, and I'm six foot four, and I have long arms. And this jacket yeah. was probably four inches too short on me, and I had to sit there and wear this jacket for the rest of the lunch. Why and is I, that preferable to sitting in a shirt? Yeah, exactly. And I looked absolutely, and I thought, I'm going to wear this. Screw them. So I wore it, and we walked through the clubhouse, and I had to walk into another room to go and sit down, and I had to wear this stupid jacket. And I thought, this is, there's no one else in the clubhouse. But those are the rules. And I get it. They're the rules. The inflexibility of that rule makes it ludicrous. I understand if you want to have certain rules in place for your golf club, see if someone makes an innocent mistake like that. Just let it go. Just let it go. Don't make them dress There's, like a clown. Exactly. There's two other people there. Why are you making an example uh -huh. of somebody who, for all you know, could have been looking into joining that golf club and being put yeah. off because of it? Well, I didn't. And I can't afford it either. <laughs> so that, that <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first part. <laughs> yeah, forgot that bit. Which, so brings us to Jimmy Bullard. He, he was on Stephen Hendry's Stephen Hendry, by the way, snooker legend, has a YouTube channel. It's called Q-Tips. I had of no idea. Of course what it is. What else was it going to be called? <laughs> so, Snookering you tonight. Not, Should have called it that. Not two weeks in a row, man. Blackball, something like that, I don't know. Misread. Outpotted or something? Pot black. Anyway, he was on that, he was having a chat, and they were talking about this incident that happened at, at Sunningdale. Bullard said, I'm not allowed to go again. I had a few drinks and I got carried away. I put a Peroni off the first tee and clipped a ball off it. It's obviously not the thing to do, so I apologise. He said, if there are any Sunningdale members watching, I do apologise. I really want to come back. The video has been viewed many, many times. It's, uh, what, over 500,000 followers that Jimmy Bullard's got as well. So the, the story has gone a bit viral. Which brings us to the question and alex this is going to come from you. you you observed all this happen and you know clearly you had some opinions on it oh wait until i get the fucking question up it's just disappeared fuck's sake well while you look for it i think that the the problem with this is that it's just it, it's not what bullard did that doesn't bother me at all it's just where he did it and we've already talked about it but it's you, you, you don't go to somewhere like Sunningdale and do that. We were just talking then about rules at private golf courses. And look, I uh, I had one last summer where, again, the same friend I went to Sunningdale with, we went to another very posh golf club. I won't name it. It was in the Midlands. And we walked in and, and you know, introduced myself to the pro and he was taking us through to the bar and he, he said, oh, have you got, have you got, we both had our spikeless golf shoes on. He said, oh, have you got 
shoes, proper shoes. And we said, no. And he said, oh, okay, well, you're only allowed to come in here. And it was just like a tiny box room. So the bar extended into this box room, but kind of it had a partition wall between there and where you were allowed to go with shoes. Now, that is obviously ludicrous. Like we're not, we're not allowed in this. It's almost, it's like, it's, it's not really any difference to saying, right, women can't come in this bar. Like it's stupid. Like it's the, the tiny little rules that give golf this old fashioned negative PR, which is just so unnecessary. But I will defend golf clubs, private golf clubs in particular, their right to have these rules. And, and Jimmy Bullard, okay, he probably didn't necessarily break a rule, but that's it's it's negative PR for Sunningdale. So the, the people that run Sunningdale, the members, do not want Sunningdale all over social media. That's exactly with, it. With ex-footballers yeah. hitting balls off of beer bottles. They don't want footballers. They don't even probably want a footballer as a Ned exactly. as a as a, exactly. as a member. So as soon as they've got some sort of working class, rich, young footballer, they've get the first excuse they can kick him out. They'll take it because they don't. It's not as if they're after the money. But the thing is, like those. Modern golf clubs now are not like that. You can walk into King's Barn. You could probably walk into King's Barns in your pants and no one would say anything. <laughs> Honestly, that's that type of place. It's just Let's put it to the test. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just as well it's shut. Yeah, Alex is right. Yeah. So the question is this. Alex, you're, you, you've suggested this one. So what is your most old-fashioned, boomer, out-of-date slash controversial opinion ab- about golf that you will defend until the day you die? Your boomer opinion. Alex, boomer I'm going to throw this straight back to you. What is it? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really interested. This is definitely one that I want to put out on social media and see what people say because I bet there's some absolutely banging answers to this. I think we've, we've talked about dress codes a little bit I'm, and as I've already said, I'm a big advocate of people being able to wear what they want playing golf. I I don't care if you're playing trainers. I don't care if you're playing in jeans. But for me, I think it's just, I think it's etiquette. I think we, we need to, same as you, Michael, I think we're sort of in the middle of that older generation, old fashioned generation of golfers and the new modern golfers coming through. And I want golf to be modern, but I think there needs to be, and I, I think this about every sport as well, I think there needs to be a level of etiquette maintained. So if you're chattering away while I'm swinging, you're a prick. If you're not helping me look for my golf ball that's drifted a few yards off the fairway, you're a prick. If you're not letting my two ball play through your group, you're four pricks. So I'm all for modernising the game. And of course, it will always largely depend on circumstances, but I will defend golf's traditional etiquette until I'm blue in the face. Bit of a boring answer, and there's definitely going to be more fun answers coming out of this. But yeah, that is just one that I will stand by forever. Yeah, I, you know what? I can't actually answer that question. I can't think of anything that's a boomer tradition that I would want to keep. I am 100% in agreement with that. I think golf should get with the times and start moving with the times. I, I hear the etiquette thing, Alex. I think that's fine. But I think etiquette should be allowed to evolve as well. And just because something was relevant and offended people 100 years ago doesn't mean that I it's going to offend people Yeah, but I don't think now, that's, why, so. that's why I picked things that sort of... <laughs> can evolve isn't it like but, but look you know helping someone look for their golf ball is just is polite but then it's polite the, the argument about private golf clubs having their own like women's golf clubs you know should you be offended there are women's golf clubs should you be offended that there are men's golf clubs that's the thing it's a really really tricky 
concept to get your head round because as soon as the Open Championship gets involved, it becomes very, very messy. Mm-hmm. Like, should yeah. men's own men only golf clubs exist? That's probably a boomer golf concept. Should they exist? Well, well why not? Well, they women's do. Women's golf courses, you know, like, women's golf clubs exist. Can they? Can they exist? Mm. If women don't want to be part of a men's golf club and they want their own section, can they go and off and have their own section? Why not? Yeah. But then if men do that, it looks like they're being sexist. And let's be honest, they probably are. But then when the Open Championship comes into town, you can't bring the Open, and Martin Slumbers would agree, you cannot bring the Open to a golf club that excludes women. It's not right. I'm trying to grow the game. So you can't do that. But should private golf clubs be able to just do what they want? Well, Every they, other they, private club is. They if you can, take the word yeah. golf out of it, every other private club's allowed to follow in its own yeah, rules exactly. and march to the beat of its own drum. Yeah. For me, actually, there is one thing that... I I would say shouldn't change and that is something that they're trying desperately to change and that is just some of the old sort of terminology the phraseology of the game get this tide nonsense right in the sea it's halved (laughs) honest to god it's like it's not the the match didn't finish tied the match finished all square thanks very much you know these are these are the things that we've used to describe golf and all of a sudden some tv exec has come along and said yeah, most of the audience won't understand that. Then fucking educate them. <laughs> I didn't understand what it meant at first either. I do now. And it's it's just this. Where does that then stop? Because I've seen people... I'm going to sound like I'm having to go at Americans. I'm not, but I kind of am. I have seen people on social media, Americans describing a player's lead on a PGA Tour event as, well, he's leading by a touchdown. What? Oh, so six points? He's no, six shots that's... ahead, seven shots ahead. Uh, well, he's now trimmed his lead to a field goal. What? <laughs> I don't I've understand what that. that means. I've never heard that. I've seen it quite a bit this, this past couple actually. of years on social media. It's like, so where are you going to draw the line? It's like, so it's a, like, it's not, it's not a penalty area. It's a hazard. I'd ban chinos. <laughs> Beige what? chinos. I'd ban chinos. Next time you're watching a PGA Tour event, right, look in the crowd and look at the number of men wearing beige chino shorts. Beige chino shorts. It's mind-blowing. If there's a group of, like, three, four hundred guys standing there, 180 of them will be wearing beige beige chino shorts. It's scary. Someone is making a lot of money. We should have, we should open a merch store with beige chino shorts because it doesn't matter we won't put the logo on them because Bunker D commerce because we don't want anyone to actually have our logo on it but Christ people will buy them you'd make a killing middle aged men will buy beige chino shorts and wear them to golf tournaments they would I'm actually it's funny I'm holding a Bic pen just now and like the inventor of the Bic pen presumably made a killing what yeah. about the inventor of the chino how yeah. much is he worth oh, it must be He's Mr Chino oh yeah has to be worth a fortune yeah he's got to be worth a lot of money do you know what I don't like we're getting slightly off topic now but what I don't like with fans like fan behaviour we talk a lot about the mashed potato mob and all that stuff and rightly so they're, they're idiots but it's the fans that show up not just dressed for golf I don't really have much of a problem with that because you go to a football match you might wear a replica shirt you go to a rugby match you're going to wear colours or whatever but it's those fans that turn up and they take it that step further like they've got a glove hanging out their back pocket and then you get the other ones that have got a range finder so there was a guy just get yeah. a set of binoculars mate i mean what the what's the best outcome here is that ludwig oberg is going to walk over and say sorry my caddy's numbers i'm not quite sure in them what's your laser saying yeah was there not a guy was there not a guy at the us open that was walking around wearing a glove 
And wearing it, a glove. It, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't like he was just having a laugh. What? It wasn't like a fancy dress party or something. He was, like, he was wearing a glove. I'm, just thought he was pulled out for a game. I'm sure it was a Golf Digest guy that spotted it. I was like, why are you wearing a glove? <laughs> and I don't, I don't get, you're going to a golf event. Why are you wearing golf shoes? You don't need the extra grip. And why are you, why has you got your polo shirt tucked into your golf trousers? I, don't, I think I, I'll defend golf shoes. Sorry, I just want to defend golf shoes because I think actually if you're walking all day on that terrain and your golf shoes are the best shoes that you own for doing that, then fine. Look, I normally, if I go to the open and it's not hammering but, it down, I'll just wear my trainers. But you but, wear golf shoes for grip. Yeah, but there's, you know, if, you, if you're, if there's waterproof elements, there's, you know, if you're walking over undulating terrains and things like that all day... Your Alex, golf you, shoes, Alex your golf I was shoes, actually yeah. kind of agreeing with you. And I was, yeah. When you said I'm going to defend golf shoes, you wouldn't have seen this. I nodded, but then you said undulating terrain, and now you're on your own, my right, man. Right, right. But your golf, we your walking across rolling bunker runoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Tell you what, you yeah, need your golf shoes at Augusta National because it's much it's much hellier. Because you don't realise that on the TV, it looks. <laughs> but when you're there, it's so hilly. And that is what Ludwig Herbert Oberg will notice the first time he goes he's gonna go holy shit look at these undulations i can't believe the undulations or he'll go i cannot believe the undulations he'll do what sorry so what he does he's an american <laughs> accent doesn't he <laughs> he certainly doesn't have an indian one Bryce. <laughs> i wasn't indian <laughs> oh, oh my god Bryce and his accents out. that's like a whole separate podcast yeah. to just prompt you do norwegian go on do gabon <laughs> gabon let's hear pseudonym where? Suriname. Or the Dominican Republic. Just, that, don't know. That, that should be the next podcast live. We'll just sit on stage and throw countries at you. <laughs> We've got to do the accent. But it's funny oh. though, actually on this point, just to, to double back a little bit, remember there were people at Podcast Live who showed up dressed for golf. They, I kicked them out. Did you? Yeah. Piss <laughs> off, mate. Sorry. Keep their ticket money. Yeah. Well done. Well, it's in the T's and C's. Don't turn up dressed like a golfer or yeah. you will be booted out. Yeah, sorry, I, mate. It's unacceptable. It's I, I don't. Can I, I, can I just can I just put it back to the question because <laughs> I forgot yes, the question. What is the question? Michael, you said you don't really have a boomer opinion on golf and it needs to modernise, but then you can't stand those guys that shout mashed potato. Now, surely, if you're in your modern mind and in, and your modernising of the game, what a point! These guys should be absolutely fine. He's just owned you. Yeah, you made well, a very was, good that point. Wasn't the, Alex, that wasn't fair. the intention. You, 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 you go, that one, McEwen. That's me in a body bag. No, I, I'll defend myself and I'll say that idiots have always been a thing. There have always been idiots. No. There were idiots no hundred years ago. No one was shouting mashed potato Hang when on, Ben Hogan was winning the Open. Let me finish my point. There have always been idiots. They may not have been shouting mashed potato, but I bet they were saying something stupid. Well, no, because if you look at the crowds at golf in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, they did not look like they are now. They were very respectful. That's society a was, you're looking at. You can't, society hear, was different. you can't hear a picture. Uh, but they're not, when Ben Hogan was winning at Carnoustie, they're not saying, hey, you're around there, big man. Do you know what they were doing? <laughs> they were... <laughs> a wee man as it should be. Again, big man. where? <laughs> that, was an, that was an Angus accent. Not bad, actually. I know. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> hey, what are you doing, son? No, I... Uh, they, do you know what they were doing? They might have been shouting, they might not. As I say, you can't hear a photograph. But what they were certainly doing was other annoying shit, like they were running straight into the hole to grab the ball out yeah, of it. my ball, my so ball. That's my point. There have always been idiots. There have always been stupid fans. There have always been, there's always been a moron element of society. So that's nothing new. So have that, Perry. Stick that right back in your pants. I'm sorry, he's, he's, no. Clutching. You're clutching there. Mm -hmm. You're 
I'm going to be honest, Michael, you're talking bish. At least it's better than last week when we were talking about David Cameron. Oh, yeah. How's but he doing now? Still in post, as far as I'm aware. Oh, well. Anyway, let's knock it in the head there before we carry on talking about stuff we shouldn't be talking about. Alex, thank you very much for your time, as always. Thank you. Bryce, thank you for yours. Hopefully, well, probably not next week, but sooner rather than later, we're going to be in our brand new bespoke purpose-built studio. Anyway, we won't. We won't. But no, not next week, but soon enough. Uh, yeah, I doubt that, but we'll try. We're pushing hard. Thank you to Callaway for their continued support, and thank you to you for listening. Only a few more podcasts left before Christmas, a few more to go this year. And yes, obviously our review of the year will be coming up very soon. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, bye-bye for now.